Is that really what I'm rooting for here? Hello and welcome to the Euro What, episode 142 for the week of January 31st, 2022. I'm Mike McComb and I'm joined today by Ben Smith. Hey Ben. Hey Mike. We are a pair of Americans trying to make sense of the Eurovision Song Contest. And this week, we'll be talking about Moldova, Benidorm, and the first Super Saturday of 2022. How's it going, Ben? That's pretty good. It was a nicely scheduled time for a Super Saturday, it turns out, because I spent Saturday snowed in over here in Boston. Oh, goodness. Yeah, like 20 inches of snow starting Friday into Saturday. So it was a perfect time to stay in the house, make some cookies, and watch a lot of Eurovision. Oh, wow. There was a lot of Eurovision this week. Not as much as next week, but we will get into that. <laughs> yeah, uh, like, this was, this was, yeah, this was a nice stretching of the legs for next week's marathon. Yes, and it started out with a surprise selection, in a way. Yeah, Moldova had plans to do a, a larger selection with the final Saturday was their live auditions where 28 songs participated. But the committee decided to internally select an artist from those live auditions just due to the complexity of staging the show amid the pandemic, which that feels like the right choice. Yeah. Also, considering the field, uh, I think there were only maybe one or two viable options you might say (laughs) so like would i have liked to see what the second draft performances of some of those look like in a situation where it wasn't the audio levels in the very cavernous studio space yes ultimately i think that was the right choice to make we were getting a familiar face at the 2022 contest zdob zidub are back for the third time this time with frati advoyev and trenuletul not realized that it was 2011 when they last represented moldova like i thought that was more recent yeah but i think that kind of goes into the timelessness of uh, their 2011 track like so lucky is one of my all-time favorite eurovision songs. it's a good one yeah uh but yeah they they also represented moldova in 2005 with uh bunica batetova i'm excited to have them back frati Advahav is two brothers who play classical and folk music and lead a 30-piece orchestra. And that really lines up with this entry. Like, this is a much folkier version of Stabzi Dub. It's just so joyful and fun and just kind of backed into the sort of stereotypical Moldova that we like know and love from Eurovision. Wedding party band Moldova, which I'm always here for. I need to actually listen to the studio version of the track for this one, just to compare it to the performance. Like, Yesterday's live auditions were primarily focusing on the vocals and the actual sound of things rather than staging, and the staging was pretty straightforward. It's like everybody's very focused on performing their song to the point that one of the artists was literally uh, reading the lyrics from their song off of their phone. Yes. <laughs> when I was watching that one, my first instinct was like, is this part of the performance? But I'm like, no, they're actually scrolling with their thumb. The songs were due, I think, on Monday the 24th, and so it was like, yeah, as long as you can be in Kizanao and uh, on the 29th, you can probably come in and audition. Who knows? That could have been a song written at 11.59 p.m. on the 23rd. <laughs> yeah. I'm very curious about how they're going to stage this one, but I'm not worried. Moldova always excels at staging. Yes. 
And Stubbsy Stube. They know how to stage. Like, they are the pointy hats and fairy unicyclist band. Yeah. So I don't think it's going to be a subtle performance, which no. I am all here for. So. <laughs> no, yeah. no middle sliders at 2022, please. The other selection that happened on Saturday came from Spain and their Benidorm Festival. And wow, Spain has really turned things around this year. I'm so happy with how Benidorm turned out. Did you get a chance to watch any of it? I had the festival on in the background while working on a few other things. Even with the volume on low, I was so impressed with what Spain is doing. I fully agree with you. They have completely turned things around. Like, that was just so much fun to watch. Yes. And the semifinals were fantastic, too. I wasn't able to watch those as closely because they were happening during the workday here in the States, which is like, oh, but I'd rather be doing this than sitting in another Zoom meeting. <laughs> but mm-hmm. for what I was able to watch in like the corner of my eyes, like, oh, wow, there's not a dull entry in the set. Everything had its pros and cons. I think it was just kind of a, I don't know, cream rising to the top of a very strong bottle of milk. That Yes. That metaphor went way off the rails. But but yeah, it was uh, a great show. And uh, the winner of Benidorm was Chanel with Slow Mo. is quite different from what Spain has been sending the last forever. Like, yeah, I think this, this feels like what we are asking Spain to send every year, and this is the first time that they listened. In watching all of Eurovision again, where Spain would send fun entries, like Las Ketchup, like Salome, just, just like Spain, send us something upbeat and joyous and fun, where show us this side of you again, Spain, instead of like another mid-tempo ballad, they're finally listening. This is the most fun thing Spain has sent in years. The performance was just so on point. There was a video that I uh, saw on Twitter uh, earlier this morning where it was editing together the dance break from the semi-final performance and the final performance. And it was just kind of cutting in between the two. Like every time the camera shot, it switched to a different one. You could tell because she was wearing like a black on white costume in one and a white on black costume in the other. But yeah, it just flowed seamlessly. Like every single step was exactly where it was supposed to be. It was amazing to watch. I'm very excited to see how Spain does this year, just because again, that song feels, I don't know, it feels like they care about this. It looked like everybody was having such a great time. I did do some poking around though. Uh, Chanel is not the number one Chanel on famousbirthdays.com yet. Mm, she'll get there. <laughs> she'll get there. Watch your back, Coco. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> Let's see. Then do we want to talk about how the points broke down? Um nah. <laughs> there is some controversy about this win. It's fifty percent jury, twenty-five percent demoscopic vote, and then twenty-five percent televote. I still don't have a full grasp on what a demoscopic jury is supposed to be. That was the part that confused me as well, especially now that I know that uh, the jury was 50% and then demoscopic and televote were 25% each. I would, that that seems off to me. I would have done like 50% televote and then split the juries two ways. Spain's very protective of the jury. And like, there was some commentary that I was seeing where people were complaining about like, oh, like, why does a jury of five have the power to give like so many points? And it's like, well, I mean, that's how 
Eurovision works. It's a jury of five for each country, but I think the demoscopic is supposed to be like televote ish. Like I, I think it's supposed to be like a focus group type yeah, situation. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's like a sample of the Spanish population. Maybe if it were like a thirty twenty split televote demoscopic or something like that. Chanel won the jury and ended up winning Benidorm overall, but it was kind of close. Uh, Tantra Garris won the demoscopic and the televote, but yeah, it just was not enough to overtake Chanel. There was a lot of support for uh, Tantra Garris's song Terra, and I didn't really care for that song or that entry, so I'm not as bothered by it not winning, but... It seemed like kind of a Marmite entry where the people who liked it really, really liked it. And the people who didn't like it, there was no middle ground there. Elsewhere, Pabandam is now is officially at semifinals. Uh, we went from all of the entries today to the top four that will be in the final. And as somebody who missed a few weeks ago, there were a few of these where I'm like, I don't remember this one. And, and I think most of the ones that were like that were the ones that just had happened when I was not watching. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was very happy to see that Queens of Roses made it through because that song is just fun. Yes, the performance this week, they really did a lot of fine-tuning from uh, their first round performance. Yes. I think what I like about Pabandam is now, yo, is that you get to see uh, entries watch like watch their footage and go, oh, we can do this better next time. Mm-hmm. How to Get My Life Back won the jury vote and the semifinal. Lolita Zero crushed the televote in a way that I want to keep an eye on because there was a lot of Twitter buzz that, oh man, it's not going to get through. And no, it was very solidly through. Yep. Just doing some rough math, Lolita Zero had 2,200 votes, and that was more than the combined total of second, third, and fourth place in the televote. Lolita's coming in with a huge televote advantage, I think. With Yes, with a lot of televote behind them. Gibrasi finished out the top four. Uh, I had kind of warmed to Fantasy Eyes, which I think placed sixth at the end of the day. I have accepted that early 2000s production trends are here, and they're back because of the cyclical nature of things. Was it very much like an album track that Michelle Branch would have had in like 2002? Probably. <laughs> but like it was it was well performed and I thought it was it was well done. I think that was another one where second draft was much much better than the first draft. It, it was kind of in one ear out the other the first time around. The second time around it was just like, "Oh, yeah, this this has potential." And this is where Pabandam gets very interesting just because there were more than four songs I thought in in the field that it would have been okay if they got through. So uh, just tough cuts uh, from here on in. It's the part of Project Runway where they're like, everybody did such a good job, so we really have to nitpick. And, and also just like from people who understand what the judges are saying, oh boy, are they nitpicking. Yeah. And I mean, that's how these processes Good for them. work. It, yeah. it does seem to make the, the final entries that much better. Yeah, we've got another semifinal next week to get four more entries, and then it'll be the final after that. And this is moving along quite quickly. Yes. Not moving along as quickly as I would like. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, if only it was moving as quickly. Yeah. Uh, so Norway had its third heat, and things are getting kind of complicated in Norway. Another one of the hosts tested positive for COVID, so he was out. So they only had two hosts this time around. Again, one of the guys from Subwoofer tested positive. So they were supposed to perform this week as the auto qualifier guest. They've been moved to next week. So North Kid came in to perform their song. Ben, did you get a chance to watch Norway? Did you have thoughts? 
So I did not watch Norway at all on Saturday. I watched it this morning. That is how far down my list it has gone, is I'm not even watching it on the day. Apparently, I am kryptonite for whatever song I like on a given week, because it will not even advance out of its heat. There was one song where, in the intro package, they were talking about the performer's love of Coldplay, which I, I was slightly worried about, although the first Coldplay albums are very good. But it was basically Norwegian Paul Ray, which, not mad about. Okay. The style of dress, the performance style... It was very much a mashup of, of like talking in my sleep and the missing piece. Was that Sterla's entry? That was Sterla's, okay. yes. Yeah, like I liked that one. And then I wasn't mad about Hammer of Thor going through, but I kept waiting for a dubstep drop or it to turn into a dance song. And I, it just kind of stayed at a ballad. I cannot take that song seriously. I don't want to take it seriously, but I want it to have more fun with itself. Yeah, and I think I was trying to have fun with itself, but I don't know what the point of it is. There's also yeah. just, like, lyrically, there's not a lot going on. It feels like Norway has seen that we like when it does extremely Nordic camp, but isn't pushing this one far enough. Like, we loved Spirit in the Sky. We loved Rasmussen. Yeah. I don't know what the distinction is here. It didn't feel like there was artistry behind it the way that i think those other two i don't know i'm yeah <laughs> i just don't want to think about it that much I, like i just do not like that song <laughs> so like it's just like yeah. it's so boring it's the hammer of bore it's like... uh-huh it was it, i think it was the right one to go through this week of of the final two choices but uh, i think yeah. that's the thing like the, what the final two choices were it's like well yeah it's gonna have to be one of these two like i really enjoyed Maribola's Your Loss. I thought that was a fun performance. The song can kind of take it or leave it, but I thought the staging of it was really well done. And Oh yeah, no, the, yeah. Yeah, the staging of that one was great and very on trend for Olivia Rodrigo. I'm actually looking forward to that one being back in the second chance round. I think as people have time to sit with it, it'll rise up. I didn't mind the auto qualifier song this week, although are we letting, and maybe this is just sort of a, hey, uh, North Kid had to sub in at the last minute, but like, are are we letting boy bands do normcore now? See, I didn't really get the sense that they are boy band. The package was very confusing. I feel like the package was kind of boy bandy, but then like, oh, they're just like a normal band. Yeah, yeah. Like I was getting kind of like plain white tees, and I know Five for Fighting is a guy, but like still that mm-hmm. same sort of style of song. But yeah, yeah, it, it felt very 2008 VH1 to me. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. I love a VH1 reference like that. Savage. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, but no, just like the staging was kind of weird. And again, I was just like, why is everyone in khakis? Yeah. Is this a gap ad? <laughs> now who's being savage? <laughs> give me something slightly more performance dress. Everybody doesn't need to be in matching suits, but like, give me something. Yeah. Like, don't don't telegraph how beige everything is by actually uh-huh. wearing Like, beige. why was it so beige? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> They, they've got time to process this feedback before the grand final, which is going to be like 12 weeks from now. So <laughs> <laughs> I like that this has just become our weekly wellness check on Norway. Also, uh, you know who I missed at Norway this year? Rayleigh. And they keep putting her in all the packages. And it just makes me realize we did her so dirty. Yeah. Well, hmm. of course, I, I don't know if I buy into the concept of, do I miss Rayleigh or do I, I mean, do I miss, do I, do I actually miss Rayleigh? I'm not sure. She should get an auto qualifier the next time she has a song. Yeah. Well, although they really need to not do this format anymore. Alternately, just do a grand final yeah. where, hello, it's Rayleigh, you know, yeah. from the last couple of times. Exactly. 
My overall problem with Norway is you have this format where you have five songs that you've already decided, okay, these are good enough to go into the grand final. Here are all of the B minus at best entries, and we're just going to let you figure out which one should go on. From those B minus or less entries, some of them are going to get a second chance to try to get into the final. It's just regression to the mean. Be bold in your choices, Norway, and I think you'll be fine. But yeah, I don't know. It's too late to change it now. And they they seem to be all in on this process. So yeah. Mm. So tune in next week when <laughs> tune in next week when when we will have watched it five minutes before we tape. Hopefully Subwoofer will be there. Like that that's uh-huh. <laughs> Is that really what I'm rooting for here? Ben? Like that, that's like it's like it's like I'm tuning in because I want to see the Subwoofer performance. That is that is my goal for next week is I'm going to watch Subwoofer play their song. Speaking of wellness checks, let's find out what Monoskin's doing. What is Manskin doing? Oh, well, this is not a good wellness check. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, uh, they had to postpone their European tour because of the Omicron variant. So, woo. Yeah. I, as far as I know, none of them have tested positive for that. It, it's more rescheduling because what's the point of doing an arena tour if the arena is only going to be a third full due to local mandates? So, yes, that, that's fair. But, but that sucks for everybody who had tickets. They're going to postpone it, though. So at some point we get to see them on a stage. Yeah, it's just kind of a bummer because it was like right at the end of, uh, I guess, the American leg of their tour where they were just doing like all of these really cool things. And then on Monday, posted a video to their Instagram being like, sorry, guys. Although they will be the guests of honor opening night of San Remo. Yay. It's San Remo week. I somehow thought I had another week of like preparation time to just like be home and to just have that on in the background. But no, it's here. It's now. Yeah, it really just kind of snuck up, didn't it? Yeah. yeah. So San Remo starts on Tuesday and runs until, well, it's scheduled to run until Saturday evening. Um, we'll see what the actual end time is, but it, it is a five night event. They're going to try to run it like a normal San Remo. They're going to have an audience. It, it's back to normal question mark. Yeah. Yes, so there are quite a few Eurovision alums. You've got Emma from 2014, Fabrizio Moro from 2018, Gianni Morandi from 1970, Mahmoud is back, uh, and he's collaborating with Blanco, and Massimo Ranieri, who competed in 71 and 73, plus a lot of familiar faces from recent San Remo. It's going to be a lot of fun. I, I, I think the gauntlet is going to be thrown down. I'm very excited to see Italy bringing their best while they are hosting. Yes. Yeah. And I think that's going to be the interesting thing, because there's always this sort of running theory of the host country just kind of um, putting it into maybe first or second gear uh, when they're hosting like so that they don't have to do Sending one of their B-minus entries. Right. I just don't see Italy doing that. I don't know. No. RAI has already announced that this year's festival will not be geo-blocked, so we'll actually be able to watch it. And it's on at 2.30 p.m. Eastern, Tuesday through Saturday. Uh, they're going to be long shows. I don't know what it's like in the midweek shows, because I very rarely have the opportunity to watch them. Saturday's show... I'm not going to say don't prioritize it, but just know that all of the other shows that are happening on Saturday will finish well before San Remo finishes. <laughs> yes. Yes. It's like San Remo 
is like ideal for setting up on your laptop while you have something else on like your Apple TV because you can just be like, oh, there's someone performing and unmute it and then be like, oh, they're going to fool around with the vocoder mic for 10 minutes and then immediately mute it. Or just like one of those acts where the whole thing is that they change clothes really quickly. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but yeah, that is just one of several things that are happening this week. We have a real Super Saturday situation on our hands, and by that it means stuff is starting Thursday. Estee Lowell is having their semifinals this Thursday and Saturday. Yes, and North Macedonia, they dropped their videos for their online selection this past Friday, and I believe they're announcing the winner of the online vote for that this coming Friday. So there are six songs that are in contention, and we will be adding to our song count very quickly. Ireland is choosing their entry on Friday, their standard method via The Late Show, uh, but we'll see what that looks like. Iceland, we're going to know what their songs look like, which I've been excited about that. I really want to see who they have tapped to try and follow up Dothi Frere. I feel like Iceland has learned to just follow their drumbeat and not necessarily do something Eurovision. So again, I really want to know what those 10 songs are. I do too. And then we've got another process in the mix. Melfest is beginning on Saturday, and they have reworked the scoring system in a way that I think makes sense. But also, I've needed to read through it like four times. Yeah, I've read through it several times as well and kind of came to the conclusion of, well, let's see how this plays out and then maybe I'll yeah. understand. <laughs> yeah, just, it feels like a lot of numbers are going to be happening on, on our Saturdays now. They are switching up the way the heats work. Everybody's going to perform. There's going to be some voting and we're going to have a winner. And that winner is direct to a finale. Uh, and then we're going to have all of the votes from the first phase carried over. Another series of voting on the app will start new. And then we will determine what comes in first. That's the second act that we'll go through. So we're still seeing two acts go through each week. From there, with those two rounds of voting, the next two will go through to a semifinal, which is just Andra Hansen, but they're not doing duels anymore. It's still the same number of songs and like the same overall process i think yes but it's a new producer in town so gotta make a mark you know got it so. yeah gotta put your fingerprint on this yeah because like even in the grand final the voting is gonna be split into two phases one before the international jury and the second after theoretically we're gonna have some voting we're gonna see the jury votes and then people will have five hearts to distribute in each phase so that's gonna switch things up but that will be in the grand final Ooh, that sounds really convoluted yes that seems to be the trend this year. Yes. Israel will be figuring out their representative, and their process has also been somewhat convoluted this year. They uh, are using X Factor to determine their artist and song. And, I mean, just kind of reading the recaps of X Factor, it's on multiple times a week, and there were all sorts of duels and, like, the judge's chair challenge, and then all, all of these reconfigurations of how the show works from episode to episode and week to week it was like uh, okay as long as like somebody knows like okay do i show up next week or not was there like an immunity idol sort of a deal oh man yeah and they had so many acts like one, one of the acts gave birth during this process and was back the next <laughs> week like like they got they got a free pass the week that they like had a child and then came back the next week to compete so it's like wow okay uh so okay but they are finally down to their four finalists each finalist was given two songs, and so there are eight songs that were released this past weekend. They will perform these songs on Thursday's show. One of the songs assigned to each singer will 
carry through to the final. So you've got your four finalists performing on Saturday's grand final with one of these songs. And whoever wins X Factor will go to Eurovision with the song that they competed with in the final. So yeah, just a lot of moving pieces and... uh Somebody will be happy on Saturday. I think that's that. Yes. That, that that is the moral of that story. So <laughs> yeah, it's like someone will be happy. Hopefully, it is the Israeli public with whoever gets chosen for that song. It's very unclear if that one's going to be geo blocked or not. Mm-hmm. Just put the song in front of me when it's ready to go, and I'll be fine. When it's ready so. to go, and I will listen to it with my ears. Uh, let's see. Looking ahead to to more things this weekend. Supernova starts this weekend with semifinals. Yay. <laughs> Do we know if if salad is going to be eaten? We know that it's going to be opening the show. So, <laughs> oh boy, oh boy. Yeah, I noticed that it's starting rather late in Latvia, and I'm wondering if that might be like a watershed thing <laughs> uh, for content reasons. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Citizeni is opening the show. It should be a pretty good lineup. There are 17 that are competing in the semifinal. I'm not sure how many are advancing to the final, which is scheduled to happen the following weekend. It should be a fun show. Latvia is another one that knows what its brand is and what it is doing. Even if that doesn't always translate to Eurovision success. Although I am trying to figure out how to translate the term watershed into Latvian so I can figure out if that's the reason for the lateness of the selection. At what time on Latvian television yeah. can you say the word salad? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there is one more process that is happening on saturday it is going to be the first semifinal for slovenia's emma process uh, this past week emma fresh figured out uh, who their winners are stella sofia Lea leanne lps and luma ended up winning the emma fresh final so they are getting split up into the two semifinals two will be in this saturday's heat and then the other two will be in next saturday's grouping and yeah and then it's just going to be standard semifinal format for this it's just straight up semifinals and then a final in a couple of weeks Whew. yeah yeah Oh my goodness, how many shows do we have on Saturday? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine shows happening on Saturday. Nine programs. One of them is a song drop, so it's not as competitive uh, as the other ones. But yeah, and I don't even think that's the busiest one this year. I think the 19th. Uh -uh. Yeah, the 19th is shaping up to be just as Just chaos. Yeah. And who knows, there could be other surprise announcements popping up. Like, I I think Moldova was also smart in just being like, uh, we're just going to get ahead of all of this and announce now. Yeah. If y'all could just watch this during the afternoon, that would be great. And like, honestly, I liked that about it is that it was it was not happening at the same time as everything else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it was nice to just wake up and be like, oh, Moldova's on. Oh, right. Moldova's on. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I, yeah, because like with that one, I did try to set an alarm for when this is going to start. And I woke up at 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time and was like, no. Yeah. Uh, and then woke up a couple hours later just in time for, for Yama, which was lovely, and Flying Carpet, which was different, uh, yeah. which was different <laughs> in its own way. Yes. I 
resolved myself to just be like, you know, it's fine. I don't need to wake up at six in the morning for Moldova's audition process. But when I did wake up, I still managed to catch about a third of the field. So um, keep doing you, Moldova. That's why yeah, we love you. Keep doing you. So. <laughs> And with that, I think that's going to do it for this episode of the EuroWhat. Thank you for listening. The EuroWhat podcast is hosted by Mike McComb. That's me and Ben Smith. That's me. You can follow the EuroWhat on the podcast app of your choice. If you'd like to support the show, we are also on Patreon at patreon.com slash EuroWhat. And we'll be dropping a bonus episode soon about Eurovision and the MIT Mystery Hunt. Show notes are in the description of this episode and on our website at EuroWhat.com. You can hit us up on Twitter at EuroWhat. We have five songs and ten artists at the moment, but those numbers will definitely increase next week as we try to make sense of what's new in Eurovision.